Hey everyone, welcome back to the Tag Along Podcast. This week we are doing an athlete spotlight on someone I've been working with for quite a while. It's been an immense pleasure watching him develop into a fantastic and committed athlete. From events to training plans and running and rowing one-on-ones, he's done it all. And we're very excited to welcome Dr. David Reichstein. Um, I'll just kick it off. Uh, welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Tag Along Podcast. My name is Nick Karwaski. Got my co-host Scott Del Vecchio over here. Uh, it's a very cool um, episode today because I have actually uh, worked with this person uh, over the course of the past year and a half. No, over two years, and it's been a very uh, exciting thing to not only have him help kind of see what Tagalong has grown into. Um, but we also have a very cool connection. Otherwise, we'll get into all of that. Anyways, everyone, today's guest is David Reichstein. Uh, David is an ophthalmologist at Tennessee Retina. He is a graduate of the world premier ocular oncology fellowship at Willis Wills Eye Hospital. Um, and uh, we got him here. David, how are we doing? Good. Thanks so much for having me, Scott. Uh, good to talk to you. Nick, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. We um, we were pumped when you said you do this because it's very unique. I feel like we've done a lot of uh, one-on-one workouts together uh, virtually. You you know live in Tennessee, like I said, in Nashville, and uh, I'm if I'm not in Boston, I'm traveling somewhere, and we've been able to squeeze a lot of these workouts in together. And um, I just wanted to hear and kind of set the set the tone for everyone. Like what tell us a little bit about you, your background with athletics and sports and kind of what you do now and 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 uh yeah, what it all is towards. So uh, when it comes to athletics and sports, I you know, I wasn't a super athletic kid. And um I I was more I was not on the teams. Um and uh I think I think my development as an individual kind of suffered from that a little bit because I, I would have loved to have been part of a been part of a team, but I could never really find a sport that um, was was super suited to, you know, to my talents. It's like I, I was uh, sort of a quiet kid. I was a shy kid and I, I was kind of directed more towards academics as a kid than, you know, than I was than I am as an adult now. Um, and so I did things like, uh, take karate and, um, and I did things like musical theater and be part of the chorus. And I was never really encouraged to have like an athletic, um, an athletic, a big athletic part of my life, I would say. Um, and then sort of like late when I was in high school, I started working out essentially because I had a little extra energy. And I wanted to figure out a way to to burn it off. And then when I got to college, um, it became sort of the ultimate stress relief. Like, um, and the, you know, the college, I went to Amherst College in Western Massachusetts and they were, uh, they had just redone the gym, like around the time that where a lot of colleges were rebuilding their gyms and they rebuilt it. Um, and and it was sort of a fun place to go, fun place that you could like get a locker, you could have a steam, you could do your workout. And like, and the same gym that I went to is the same place where all the football players went, the baseball players and stuff. So everybody was there. And um, I would go and I would work out and it became like a really nice part of my 
my college day routine. And I was getting, you know, good feedback really from, from people who said like, wow, like you look a lot stronger. I remember like I came back my freshman year to back home and people said like, wow, like what, what have you been doing, you know, back home? And, um, and I was like, well, I've been working out. It's not, <laughs> not like, there wasn't really any, there wasn't really like any science uh, or magic about it. It's basically just work out and you look better and you feel better. Do you, and, remember, do you remember like what specifically you, you enjoyed doing at that time? Yeah, I, I started getting into weightlifting um, and uh, that was, that was sort of the primary crux of what I was doing. My, my buddy and I, um, would meet on Saturday mornings to lift together. Um, but then I would also do some cardio during the week and I would try to get there about, you know, five days a week. Um, and it was really just, it was really just fun. It was really just part of what, what made college, you know, college experience for me. What'd you study there? uh interestingly enough i was a psychology major but i took all the i took all the pre-med um classes while i was knowing i was probably gonna end up going to medical school no sorry no that was it um that was the other thing i um it's cool that i mentioned briefly in my uh blubber of an entrance of an <laughs> intro there but uh <laughs> i think i was kind of uh it, it, this this relationship that David and I have kind of formed over the past, like I said, year and a half, two years, is is that he is a specialist, more or less, correct me if I'm wrong, in retinoblastoma, which I feel like was one of the initial conversations we originally had. But that was yeah. you know, the cancer that I had had when I was six and um, got my eye removed. And it was just like, it's not really something that's a part of our relationship, but it is kind of a cool, connecting, unique uh a serendipitous coincidence well it is definitely a serendipitous and i remember i remember the um well i'll say this like i knew something was up with your eyes when i was when i was watching you know the hydro episodes so that's yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so this is how like this is how my relationship with nick started is basically like me doing his workouts on hydro right and i knew something was up with your eye like when we we're because it you know, I'm an eye doctor, like I recognize that stuff. Right. But like, <laughs> but when you said it, um, when you said like, I had, here's an interesting fact about me as you were passing by, um, mass eye and ear hospital. And I, inter I remember it, like it brought back like the, um, the memories of interviewing there for a fellowship. <laughs> and, um, and the, and you were like, I only have one eye because i had retinoblastoma and i was like that's crazy because i'm an ocular cancer specialist so my training is primarily uh in ocular cancer and retinal surgery and that's those are the those are the things that i do i don't see a lot of kids anymore so actually nobody sees a lot of kids anymore thank god right thank god that there aren't that many um kids who have eye cancer um but but my practice is primarily with adults who have eye cancer. Um, and it's really, you know, it's a really rewarding job, but it's, you know, it's still a very stressful and, and big yeah. job. And 
So why? And I want to go back on that point that you just touched upon about being stressful and you finding that in college and kind of continuing with that. But real quick, and this is more just selfishly, when I was six and kind of as I grew after having retinoblastoma, it was kind of the, like, you know, you kind of learn little things here and there. And one of the stats that was always told me is like one in 250,000 kids typically has retinoblastoma. Is that an accurate stat? Is that back then? Because this was in 94, 19. It stayed, it stayed the, so the, um, that prevalence has, has stayed pretty stable. Um, what's interesting about retinoblastoma is that, um, it really falls into like two categories, right? One is the, the familial category, which, um, like really runs in families. That gene is really strong and a lot of kids end up getting it. Luckily, um, people have been pretty well coached to not commingle with uh, other families with retinoblastoma. And um, because of that, the incidence has gone down. So like it used to be that um, like families would meet. So, so these kids would meet at schools for the blind, right? And um and have families and all those kids would have retinoblastoma right and luckily people have been pretty well coached as to not do that so much anymore that and you know contraception in schools and stuff like that's a legit topic to talk about and so like those things don't really happen quite so much anymore now like you had the the primary way that people get retinoblastoma is to get it as a uh, as like a primary tumor, an incidental tumor that happens out of the blue. And um, so luckily, because of that, because of a lot of better understanding about how you get that disease, the incidence has stayed relatively low, despite the fact that there's population growth like throughout the world. It's really now it's a cancer that we see mostly in developing countries more than um, more than the United States. Wow. That's, That's wild. <laughs> Yeah. Just a little, a little science. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll jump yeah. back in. Um, so after going, obviously you're super busy with school and fellowships and, you know, medical school and all that stuff. How did you transfer sports or athletics or working out until like basically from, from when you stopped that story to, um, to where you are now? Like what, what was your, how's, how's been your journey? So I, um, I had to kind of, I had to, I had to figure it out. There were, there were times when I had personal trainers um, and I found that uh, I had a personal trainer. The first personal trainer I had was in fellowship. And then I had a personal trainer when I started in practice. And what I found was that um, that was a lot of really heavy weight based um, stuff. For me, that ended up um, having a lot of, negative consequences because I, uh, would end up getting hurt. So, uh, I still have a, a little bit of a, uh, an aversion to, uh, to heavy weightlifting or weightlifting in general, uh, just because I worry about, I worry about getting hurt. Um, I ended up very tired, um, doing weight training and, um, I focused a lot more on, uh, rowing. And so when hydro came out, that was, that was a little bit of a, um, an enlightenment episode for me where I was able to find a, 
uh, a cardiovascular workout that was able to, you know, do my whole body. Um, but that it was a community that was small and growing at the time. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was, so it was also a very supportive community and, um, and it was actually fun to get to know people that, um, that were doing the same thing that I was, you know, that I was doing and we were competing a little bit, um, online and, and that was always, um, a little bit of a, you know, it gave me a little bit more, um, stake in the game, you know, to, to focus sure. what I was to really train, um, at least not because like I, I felt like winning all the time, but just to say like, Hey, like I was part of this competition, you know, yeah. and it, it changes what you mentioned earlier about like it being a stress reliever to your stress relieving, but it's also fun. It's exciting. It's different. Exactly. It's like, I'm stress relieving, but I'm also, I felt like I was part of a team. Right. Yeah. And yeah. I would say like one of the, one of the best feelings you can have, right. Is feeling like you're doing something together with somebody else like you like everyone should be allowed to have that feeling over the course of their life where they feel like they're doing something productive that is goal focused and that you actually accomplish it right with with somebody else and i think Um, that was one of the coolest things that like we started doing is whether it was running on a treadmill together or outside and we would just call and kind of walk her through or working yeah. out together while rowing together. Um, you know, more of just like I knew, and again, selfishly, it was a great, it, they're always great workouts for me. And I know that you're bringing a level of like, this is your game day. Like this is your competing. You're not yeah. backing down from this. You're going to have a PR. If we set out to have a PR, whatever we're doing uh, or, or hit all the intervals. And that is that, I mean, you're a competitor. You're, you're obviously, um, you know, very intelligent when it comes to your workouts, but like, it's been fun being able to design those and do those with you. Um, so I appreciate it. And that. for me, I mean, for me, it's like, it's, you know, it's a whole nother level. I mean, for, for me, it just feels like I have a partner. You know, it feels like I have a partner. It feels like I have a friend, and um, to to have that, to share that with somebody else, that takes the stress relief of exercise. It takes the health benefits of exercise, and turns it into an entirely different experience for me, where I feel like I'm part of a team, and it's really like now a part of the positive aspects of my personality. You know, yeah, I feel. I feel like everyone should be able to experience what it feels like to to be and like an athlete you know and um that's one of the things that tag along actually is able to bring you know is that you should feel over the course of your life that you can do something athletically and set a goal for yourself and do it and feel like you accomplished it and actually the fact that tag along is so good at bringing individuals together and making individual goals and being able to help somebody get to those goals i feel like everyone should have a chance to experience that yeah Yeah. and i I, I was going to say before you ask your question nick whether this works or not (laughs) i hope that everybody does that that has used our platform um at the beginning throughout or at the end um 
does feel like an athlete. I think that's something that's reoccurringly come up is a lot of people just have a problem identifying with that, that word, you know, being an athlete. Um, and it usually ends up being somebody who, or the, the type of people who don't identify with it are people who, um, didn't have a big athletic upbringing or, you know, weren't in team sports or whatever it was. And so I hope that if anything, uh, people like have felt what you just mentioned and, and have felt like they've gotten better and, have at least felt a one percent of an athlete of being an athlete. So, I mean, right now, like I feel like I I gauge my own life, you know, sort of as being like I'm a father, doctor. I'm part of a family. I'm part of a community. Like I'm an athlete too. Like all of those things mm-hmm. together are part of the things that go into making up who is me, and. And I don't think I would have, I mean, I don't think I would consistently have that feeling if I didn't have the relationship that I have with Nick. And there's no way that that would have happened without Tagalong. Um, and it was all, it was all so, it was all so funny how it all came together because like the only reason that we, we connected was because I was searching through the Tagalong website after I saw it on, um, uh, after I saw it on the, um, I guess it was an Instagram post or maybe it was a yeah. Facebook. Yeah. And and Nick called me. Nick called me. He's like, "Hey, I saw that you were like, like looking into this. Like, what questions can I answer?" I was like, "No, it's not really <laughs> Nick." But like it, it was, and it would, and then I was like, "Yeah, well, I'll I'll talk," and we talked about what what I could potentially get out of it, and all these new things that I didn't do before, like now I do, right? Like I didn't run before; I wasn't a runner. I became pretty a pretty decent runner. Like I started having some decent runs, and yeah. all the all the rowing that I was doing before, like suddenly I had new goals and like new reasons to want to achieve aside from just stress relief, aside from the health benefits, which obviously everyone needs. Right. And now, now I have another, now I have another goal, which is that like I complete a workout. I feel good about it. I can share it with somebody else, you know, talk about it. And you're saying that, you know, I have this question here. That's how have the one-on-one virtual workouts maximized a particular workout, but I have two specific examples. One is when we did that 10K run, 10K yeah. row in Miami. Uh, I was in Miami and I, uh, you did the run first and you were clocking off between 740 and 755 uh, minute miles for 10K, yeah. just six miles. And so to say that you're not, you know, you became a runner is like, that's a pretty good runner there. And that's then cool. to do the 10K that we did after that for rowing was just like, I don't know why you had that goal to do 10K, 10K, but you did. And we may not have done exactly what we want on the row part, but like to then a couple of weeks ago, the other story of doing the 5K together and you knew that I wanted to do it, we did it together. And like, that was just, like really cool to get to, like you said, it was like we were right next to each other doing that. Um, and that was that was just like a really, 
whether I set the goals or you said, Hey, I want to do this. I feel like it's always been this kind of give and take. And like exactly. Said, the strength well, and the, the other stuff. Really well. What's worked really well is like, I, I get the sense that like, you're like, you base a lot of my workouts, a lot on like what I'm able to do at the time, but also a lot on what you're doing. At what the I'm time. doing. Yeah. And, and like, obviously, you know, you're a professional athlete. I'm not going to get the same times that you're going to get, but like to be able to do it along with you. And that, I mean, that is pretty inspiring. And I will tell you, I will say the story about, tell the story about that 10 K 10 K. And I, I still don't really know why I thought that was going to be. (laughs) And actually in, in retrospect, like that probably was relatively masochistic, but the, the, um, the tough part was that, 3k into that into the second half of that workout was the 10k row and i bonked right yeah and um and i i just hit a wall i don't really know why i mean i think it's probably because i didn't quite um eat enough for breakfast and didn't quite and i probably went out too hard on the run and we knew after that first 3k that I wasn't going to get the time that I wanted. What I kept saying was like, just don't let me quit. You know, just don't let me quit. And, and you said like, I'm not going to let you quit. There's no way I'm letting you quit. I didn't quit. Like I didn't quite get the time that I wanted, but I think it was still like 4230 for that 10 K which is pretty good. I mean, like if you had asked me five years ago, like, am I going to get 4230 forever for any 10 K? Right. <laughs> right. I would have said like, that's pretty, pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's I agree. Awesome. Um, well, one of the things we do here uh, on the tag along podcast is go through this kind of quick rapid fire question section. Um, so I really do appreciate you taking the time, David, as I know, this is a random school night, so to speak. So, uh, <laughs> Actually, my kid is watching Disney. We're good. There we go. I was gonna. I I owe Monica for this, but um, uh, what is your go-to snack? Uh, my go-to snack it has turned into Chobani Greek yogurt, but used to be something much more fun, like like. <laughs> <laughs> some people, some people, their fun is Chobani. So you know, maybe you're. That that is my like go-to snack. Like if I get home and it's five o'clock and I'm not working out, I'm definitely having cheddar goldfish for sure. Nice. Yeah. Uh, what's a secret hobby or interest that you have besides fixing people's eyes? Yeah, that's not so. Yeah, that's not so secret. So I'm so I'm a better than average singer actually. So when and Nick knows this because we karaoke together. The, um, <laughs> I yeah I remember that again in Miami you were really good and you chose the song that was like everyone was all into it and you were good which made it that much better well the thing is you got to sell it you got to sell it you got to like yeah. that night I was channeling Lionel Richie it helped that we'd had three bottles of champagne already before we got there <laughs> but, the, but the um but the um so I was in an acapella group in college and then I was in the chorus when I was in high school. Um, and actually, hopefully some point in the future, I mean, who knows how, how I incorporate music back into my life. But that's 
that's definitely an, an interest of mine is singing. That's awesome. And you're also uh, a very good golfer. I am a, a very good neglected golfer, but <laughs> the, my golf game, my golf game has been neglected, but yeah. Yeah, it used to be yeah, pretty good. Uh, what was the lad? What was the last work? Uh, hard workout that you did? I mean, I just did one. Did <laughs> one. Like we, it was um, three by three k, and then uh, three by three k. I did the first three k in two hundred one point three. That was my split, and then one fifty eight point eight, and then one fifty eight point three. It was pretty good, and yeah. then. There was some weightlifting on top of that. Yeah, yeah. that's not nothing. That's not nothing. <laughs> and he did fifteen hundred meter warm up too. So he got over ten k and some lifting. Yeah. Solid. Um, yeah. All right. If you could, oh, now we're getting into now. Now we're going to see a true side of David. <laughs> if you could tag along with one athlete, who would it be? As he's wearing his Jets uh, <laughs> uh, jacket right now. But well, listen, the like. Clearly, like every Jets fan would say Joe Namath. I don't think I want to say Joe Namath. I, uh, but like because of like Jets universe just lost Brees Hall for the season. Uh, I would say I want to get back Brees Hall once his ACL is, is, um, is healed. I would work out with him and see what he does because he is so freaking fast. And like, just like dodges tackles is a hard worker, seems like a great guy, like is a great guy, great teammate. Can't wait for it to, to get him back. Brees Hall, definitely. Okay. Good one. Well, thanks again, David, for, for chatting with us and, and, and sharing your story. It's been really, really cool listening to everything that you have to say. So my, our last um, question is what's a favorite quote or advice or mantra that you live by? Uh, Josh. Um, I, I try to, um, I wish I had more of a mantra. Um, you know, when I was, when I have difficulty with, with stress, which I, which I do, I know a lot of people do. Um, I, um, I sit down and I meditate. And one of the, one of the things that I do is I, there's a, there's a literal re religion called Jediism, okay? And the the Jedi have a creed, right? And so um, I and so I can, if I have the chance and I recognize that things are going bad and I want to take a second out for myself, I will say I am a Jedi, an instrument of peace, all right? Where there is hatred, I bring love. And if I can do that, if I can stop and say like that's what I'm trying to do. Um, I know I'm going to be able to turn things around. So an, an cool. instrument. Of, yeah. That's my, that's my mantra. Love it. That's awesome. That's yeah. so cool. Yeah. Uh, thanks a lot, man. I really appreciate you taking the time and um, I, right. I look forward to our, our next workout this Sunday. Yeah, this Sunday. It's easy. All right, buddy. Have a great Thank night. Thank you, David. Thank you so much. Yeah. Bye. See ya.